Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. Okay, welcome Seekers to God Beyond the Bible, the podcast by Seekers and for Seekers. I wish for you that you discover the kind of relationship with God that immerses and surrounds you with His grace, peace, and love. As you know, we don't have particular course set for episode topics. It may seem like for a few weeks we maintain some continuity and then just sporadically venture off on a topic that's totally unassociated with the previous episode. That's called Liberty. <laughs> we want to be able to talk about whatever life throws at us or whatever comes to our mind or be able to ask the questions we all have when it comes to seeking a relationship with God, our Creator and Father. How about shout-outs today? Well, our shout-outs today are to our listeners in Marathon, Florida and London, England. London. Right. I'm going to go try to do my English voice. It always sounds like a Irish or something. I don't know. It's never <laughs> I English. The same problem. <laughs> it never sounds English. Okay, so our last episode, podcast number 33, was devoted to hypocrisy. We could have done multiple episodes if we wanted to start pointing out all the hypocrisy that goes around that goes on around us every day, but instead we felt led to take the direction of how it makes us feel when we feel forced to practice hypocrisy. Hope we were an encouragement to some of you who might be faced with a situation where for one reason or another in some area of life you just don't feel like you can be honest about it right now. As we said in that episode, don't be ashamed or afraid to seek professional help if you are experiencing feelings of being trapped or hopeless. A pastor or spiritual guide may be a good place to start, but a true person of God will know their limitations and scope of training and will encourage you to get the help and counseling that you may need. And you know, snap out of it's not a no, diagnosis. No, it is not. Or you just need to read your Bible more and pray more. Right. That's, so not, that's, not, that's not an answer to real you know to serious no, it is not emotional problems. well with that being said today we're going to discuss a topic we have that we've been wanting to talk about for several months but just haven't gotten around to it we've mentioned it in a number of episodes but until today we haven't devoted an entire episode to it so today let's talk about that little three-letter word ego 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 mm-hmm. um well Let's just start out by trying to define ego. Now, according to the dictionary, a per it is ego is a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. Well, that seems harmless enough. After all, everyone does need to have a healthy self-esteem, right? At least that's what we're told. They right. do, and I actually was doing a little bit of research, and I thought it was interesting because I love 
etymology, the study of words and where uh -huh. they come from. Ego is the Latin word for I. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay, because I, I, I think further down in here, when somebody gets to it to read it, I put it's our English word, but I knew it didn't derive from yes, English, but right, it's the right. English word we use. Okay. Okay, but what we really want to discuss here today is not really that part of ego associated with what we call a healthy self-esteem. What we really want to talk about is that part of ego that can so easily become exaggerated or overinflated, if you will, that second part of the definition, that sense of self-importance. Well, and let's talk about just a moment the self-esteem. I just watched uh, a little deal. I was when Tabitha came in. I was watching a little deal with Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's he's a pretty well of uh, authority on ego. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and he a woman asked him what's the difference in self-esteem, a healthy self-esteem and ego. He said usually self-esteem doesn't satisfy us. Self-esteem is who we know we are, what we know our abilities are, and we know about ourselves. It becomes ego unhealthy when we must compare how well we can do this with someone else. When we yes. must, when we, in, when we decide, good, yeah. when we decide who we are, we have to compare ourselves to someone else. I know this, but you don't know that, so I'm better in that area. I do, so that's what we're really talking about. See, uh, self-esteem is just, well, I know I can do this. I've done this before, mm -hmm. and I, I feel confident I can do this. And I, But if I have to compare how well I do it to someone else, that's getting in a dangerous area of ego because it's really a false image of our own ability. Mm -hmm. I, I think we were watching that. the same video. Oh, do you think so? I okay. think so. All right. Well, in our attempt to build self-esteem and discover our talents, our gifts, and value, there's a very fine line that one must be aware of, and it is when we begin to think those gifts, talents, and value make us superior to everyone else, or when we begin to overestimate our importance and contributions that we make to life itself. And, and I wrote that, superior to everyone else. Really, we're happy just to be superior to some. Yes. yes. Ego is happy as long mm -hmm. as I'm better than some. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other side of this, and we're probably not going to have a chance to talk about this, but I thought about this. Low self-esteem, and that's really a serious thing, too. That's when you think everyone is better than you. Everyone yes. can do and you can't do anything. So that's, you know, but we're really not addressing that. We're just addressing the ego end of it right now. That it's just, it just gets, it's really a false image of ourselves based on what we think other people think of us. And yes, then we just is. keep feeding that, and it's never good enough. We've got to be better than, well, I'm better than three of those ego eight people. Ego is never I need, I, need, I need to be better than four of those eight. I need to be the best of those eight people, right. you know, in my field. Go ahead. You're number is it me? Four. Oh, I'm sorry. I always miss number four. Every time when you hear Tabitha and them say, you're number, it's you, it's number four. You hear them whispering <laughs> or it's number eight. It's because I've lost my place. And no, no. Uh, Maybe we should redefine what we're really talking about. Uh, that rumble is thunder. Is that so thunder? Okay. Yes, I is. thought I was touching my microphone. Yes, if you guys hear that pow. rumble if in you the hear background, a pow, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it. Uh, maybe we should redefine what we're really talking about. When my ego is unchecked, I'll begin to build this false image of myself, an image based on how I think I measure up compared to other people, usually other people in my own circle or my own field. That false image of myself is not based on anything real. It is based on how I perceive that others see me. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, in other words, my whole world is just built on this false. Well, if I can keep people, they think I'm wealthy. I need for them to think I'm wealthy. They think I'm really smart. I need to prove to them always I'm really smart. 
And I think sometimes it's a subconscious thing. I don't think that you're always mindfully no, saying. No, ego never. Ego is, is, is a know, power of its own. Oh, right, no, we're not right. thinking. A I need to. One, but ego is tell, whispering to us, you need to prove you're smarter than them. A big one for me was this idea that I kind of like had a life plan that I knew. Because you look around you, and especially with me being in my, I'm in my late 20s. And you look around and everyone late, seems... Late, late 20s. Very late 20s. <laughs> you have these kind of ideas that everyone puts off a persona that they know what they're doing and they have everything planned out. And I don't. I just kind of wing it day to day on yeah. my day to day life. And my ego is going, but you need to put off the same persona that, you know, you have it figured out and you know what you're doing. And it took me a long time in this journey to realize that I don't think anyone really. Try being a new mom. Yeah. Seriously. I yeah. can't imagine, you know. Yeah. But Colin Hightower, he is an author and he wrote, he said, our ego is a silent partner too often with a controlling interest. Yes. I like and that. It, that's, you yes. know. Okay, when we begin to base our life on how we think others see us, we can easily find ourselves tempted to create and maintain a false image when we are in front of other people. If we're not careful, we'll find ourselves doing and saying things to promote this image that we think others have of us. If we are trying to promote an image of how important or successful we are, we may be tempted to dress and accessorize, drive a flashy car, or even choose the home that we rent or buy based on how we think it makes us appear to others. And, and that's true. We start to identify ourselves by our job. Mm -hmm. You know, pe yes. people will say, who is Alan? Well, he owns so-and-so. He's in that big house. I'm, I'm not. But he, and he drives, he's that guy that drives that brand new pick. You know, oh, yeah. See, and so we begin to identify ourselves mm -hmm. with well, our possessions and, it, and, it and our career. We become, mm -hmm. our career becomes who we are. Well, he's, what are, who are you? And the people say, well, I don't think I know who you are. I'm the guy that does so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember in fifth grade, and, and this was my ego rearing its ugly yeah. head, my entire life, you've been a garbage man for yeah. basically as long as I can remember. Yeah. Well, in fifth grade, the teacher asked me, what does your dad do? And I said, he's a sanitation worker. And this other kid in my class, he goes, I thought your dad picked up trash for a living. <laughs> but it was me trying in some way to, sure. you know, change. Now it doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> well, at what point in all of this? Do we just become so obsessed with a certain image that we're trying to display and maintain that we see ourselves in competition with everyone over everything? Well, that's easy to do. It's easy to see everyone as our competitor. Mm -hmm. These people are competing. They're competing for my spot in the spotlight. They're competing for who I am. They're co and we start feeling, and I know this sounds crazy. This may be just totally new to some of you to even think about. You may have not even considered it, but ego can just make your life miserable. Because ego might even be that it could, it, this kind of links up with hypocrisy from last week. Mm -hmm. Because hypocrisy is kind of like living a lie. Mm -hmm. Well, ego, it really is living a lie. And a lot of people live lies. They're not ever happy in life because ego's never satisfied. Right. You could do better than this. You could do. More, you yes. could own more than this. You could have more money than this in the bank. You could drive a nicer car than this. You could have a better job, a more prestigious job than this. Well, how big a role do you think ego plays in the way we live? I think it plays a huge role. I mean, everything feeds into 
our ego, everything in the modern world feeds into it. Either feeds into it or it hurts it. Yes. You yeah. know, I mean, I think it 100% Which drives you seeking even, for it to be fed. And even when you become aware of your ego, that's when you really realize how much of a role it has played in everything. All you've your done. life, that it's just played a big bunch of your life. Uh, do you think people in marketing purposely target our ego when they're trying to get us to buy their products? I mean, does ego cost us money? Yeah. Think about every <laughs> yeah, think about every commercial and I was thinking about this yesterday. They always have someone in the background looking at the person using <gasps> or yeah. oh, you know, the product, whatever it is, and they're just in awe yeah. of this person or this thing. And especially the car commercials. Yes. Yeah. Who's the kid walking out of school? You see it with the Buick commercials now. Uh-huh. The kid now promoting Buick. Mm-hmm. Buick got a little free to uh, the Buick commercials. Is that your Buick? No, no, that's, that's and even one where the little kid goes and gets in his neighbor car. Have you seen that one? His neighbor's his his friend's dad drives up, and he goes and gets in the Buick, and he says, "Mr. Thompson, don't say anything," because the little girl says, "Is that your car?" Yeah, yeah. and he gets see what mm-hmm, I'm, see mm-hmm. what see what I'm talking about. Okay. In the next segment, we're going to explore just how much of our life is controlled by and devoted to serving our ego. So we will be right back. Welcome back to segment two of episode 34 of God Beyond the Bible, the podcast by Seekers and for Seekers. And today's topic is ego. Well, in segment one, we attempted to define ego. We touched on some science. Now, let me, let me say something about ego. We're just, we're not even going to scratch a surface of this topic no. today. No, we're no. just presenting it to you to think about because there's no way we could even get, there's so much about this that it, it's just too deep. In, uh, but in segment one, we attempted to define ego and touch on some signs uh, that we may be doing a lot of unnecessary and painful things just to maintain an image we believe others have of us. When the truth is, we're maintaining a false image, and that false image drives us to feel like we're competing with everyone on every level. Mm-hmm. In this segment, we will just ask some straightforward questions and give our personal answers to these questions, which may vary depending on who you ask. So I'll start off with the questions here. Why are we even discussing ego? I mean, what benefit is there to discovering our ego or our estimation of ourselves based on how we believe others see us? What benefit is there to discovering that we're being controlled by our ego? The reality is, and I've come to realize this, and it just occurred to me, when we're serving ego, we're really not being controlled by ego. We're being controlled by other people. Yes. If your life's true. being controlled by other people because other people manipulate our ego mm-hmm. as we do other people. And if your ego gets threatened, you know, we can be manipulated. If it's threatening your ego, your perception of who you think people mm-hmm. think you are, how you see yourself through other people's eyes, and that gets threatened, don't you think? So it's important. Yes. It can release us. It is liberating to realize, hey, my this is something in my psyche. There's something in me. In my spirit, if that's what you want to say, there's something in me that's really taking control of my life, and mm-hmm. it's making me miserable. Right. Okay. Uh, why might we say to a person who hasn't even considered this concept or ever really thought how much uh, of our 
life is dominated by our ego, what would we say to someone that's listening right now and say, I've never, this is just, I've heard about ego, but this, you know, I think of ego, I think of this egomania, this person that they think yeah. they're so cool and so smart. Well, so, I would say but that. But talking about for the common person here. If you're thinking about starting the journey into learning to conquer your own ego. I don't think you can conquer Learning to learning it's to yeah. never end. Maybe control. Control. I think yeah. control. Because it. I used to say I'm conquering my ego. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a story that it was Eckhart Tolle that actually told the story. He said I was learning to conquer my ego when I was younger, and I was really concentrating hard, reading everything I could read, meditating, working hard to conquer this. And he said, about a year went by, and I said, man, I have done so good. I have conquered my ego, and I have done it so much faster than so many other people. <laughs> and he said, and then I stopped and went, wait, what was that? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> I think, Tabitha, are you three? Okay. So what does it take to admit ego is a big thing in our life? Uh, a lack of ego. I don't know. I mean, it takes a real self-evaluation, and self-evaluation is hard. It you know, is. why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Why am I working this job that I hate? Why am I going to this much trouble to maintain? Well, I, I want to put it like there's how many of us, somebody's walked in their house, and we've all done this, ladies especially, walk in their house. You're going to have to just excuse, excuse my house because I have this. It's usually Even not this way. Even though we've been up since yeah. 6 a.m. trying just, to get the house my clean house before is, My out. house is usually not this messy. Oh, yeah, we've all... Yeah, why do we do that? It's ego. It's ego. Because we want that person to perceive that we keep a perfect house. And I'm going to tell y'all, my house is worse than what you see it as, I promise. <laughs> yeah, if you know someone's coming... Yeah. And then we'll still say, you'll have to excuse this mess. Even even when you've cleaned it all yeah. day and everything is uh -huh. swept and I'm mopped. just showing yeah. you that is ego. It but causes it us to do things just absurd. Yeah. And I things. think to admit it, I mean, it, you got to swallow your pride. I mean, you, you do, and it and it's not an easy. It has not been an easy journey for me. It's not. I started my. That's been my New Year's thing. And what is this? August. Mm -hmm. And I've scratched the surface on the pain that ego has caused me, the mm -hmm. unnecessary mm -hmm. work and pain and grief that ego has caused me. And uh, but we'll get on to talk about that. Is it me or who's number four? Tracen. Ah, this time it's Tabitha. No, it's Tracen. Tracen. Oh, is it me? Okay. I'm number four. Go just do it anyway. Do you think that ego causes us to have a false identity of ourselves and keeps us from discovering who we really are? Of course it yeah, does. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a false image. It's an image that does not exist. It's an image that's made out of, it's almost like, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like an image made out of smoke. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist. It just poofs. It, it goes and away. And when you, when you get to that point, you realize that you really don't know who you are That's it. as a person. I've had people say to me, I, I, I don't know who I am. Yeah. I know people that I know they don't know who they are mm -hmm. because yes. they've, maybe, maybe they've maintained, maintained this ego image for someone else who right. their parents wanted them to be. Right. And you maybe know, if my you're not familiar with, you know, the term ego and some of this stuff, a persona yeah. that someone puts forth. Right. Yeah, it's my image, persona, yeah. this image that I have. Uh, do we subconsciously identify ourselves with the job or career we have or the car we drive or the house we live in? Do possessions feed our ego? Do we use possessions in yes. our ego? Is, is our possessions a big part of our ego? Yes, yes. Because it's the kind of car we drive. And wait a minute. 
I'm driving a better car. I remember a girl that lived here and, and, and said, I remember a guy talking about a girl that lived up in this area, and her whole thing about herself is, I drive the nicest car on this road. <laughs> but, you know, and that's the other thing about ego. Everyone really struggles in different areas. Just because if possessions don't really matter to you, sure. that doesn't mean, you know, there's so, not another area. So that kind of goes with number six. I'll go ahead and ask it, too, mm-hmm. since I did five. How big a role do our possessions play in our ego? Well, they play a they do. big role because we identify. Here's what we're trying to say. This is what I started going. I started identifying myself by my possessions because I thought other people looked at my possessions uh, or by my career. Mm-hmm. You know, when we see or hear ourselves saying, say, well, we own a, I own a fleet of trucks that's so many trucks, you know, and we'll always do the highest number, even if three of them aren't running. <laughs> yes. You know, our truck, our fleet of trucks, I'm just using this as something I can relate to. Or we'll say, if, if we've been, uh, I've, I've caught myself saying, I, I do it in the title, in the intro of this deal, and I kind of cringe every time I hear it that I've been a pastor for 35 years. Uh, you see how we identify what we want other people, the persona we yes. want other people to have of us? And if it had only been 34 years in three months, I would have still said 35 years. Why wouldn't I have said 34 years? Or why didn't I just say for 30 years? Because 35 sounds better. Because 35 <laughs> better. I'm just, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Okay, so if someone is talking about something, and I always feel like I need to tell a story on the topic that moves the spotlight from them to me, is that my ego? The next few questions we're going to play a little game mm-hmm. is, is that my ego? Is it? Okay. Is that my ego? Well, and my first one, I thought it was really interesting. I've been doing some study in Buddhism. Um, and on that question, there's something that Buddhists practice that's called active listening or compassionate listening. Either one, they're interchangeable. But the idea is that you sit down with another person and they speak to you openly and honestly and you can't say anything. And you can't even tell a story about yourself. Yes. You can't interject a life you experience of to, your own. And it doesn't matter. How hard this is that? person can tell you a lie. They can tell you a rumor that you know isn't true. And you're not even allowed to dismiss the rumor or come back with anything for that entire time. They get to listen. They get to speak and you get to listen. Hmm. Well, am I eight? I believe I am. Okay. <laughs> if I think that my opinion. No, you're 29. Yeah, I am I really? We talked yeah. about I, that. I wondered why. I wondered why. I, I was sitting thinking about my house, 32, 20, almost 30 in my 20s. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. She's really 29. Go ahead. If I think that my opinions on a subject is the only correct way to think about the topic, is that my ego? I don't know. Is it? Because we do that. We see that today. Intolerance for any other opinion, no matter how valid it may be. And we just have this intolerance that my, this is the way I think about it. So this is the only correct way this can be thought of. And that mm-hmm. seems to be really amplified on social media. Too. Oh, of course. Of course it is. If I feel threatened when someone disagrees with my opinions and thoughts, and I feel that I need to win the debate with the most convincing argument? Is that ego? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Once again, sure. that's a big social media one yeah. again. That if I can yell the loudest and put the other person down the farthest, and no matter what tactic I have to use mm-hmm. to be right for the sake of being right, mm-hmm. instead of for the sake of it being the right answer. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but we're all thinking it. 
Christianity today, they can say the most hurtful and mean things Christians can to and each hide other. Behind. And hide behind the computer or anything, whatever, well, and hide behind their scripture or whatever they want to use as their defense. But it's awful. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's because I have the right creed. And my, my creed is right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't share my creed, you are just wrong. Right. Okay. So if the words I, me, and mine dominate my speech patterns, is that my ego? You ought to try to go for one hour. It's hard. Go for one hour. I challenge anyone, go for one hour without saying I, me, mine, my, referring to self. One of the things that I read in a book on, what, that I read Who in read? a book. Who read it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on overcoming ego said that you should take a day and every time you feel like referring to yourself with I, me, or mine, say ego instead and see how it sounds. Ego says. Ego mm-hmm. thinks. Oh, that's neat. I, I have tried I'll have that. to try that one. Tracing, one? 11. If I can't genuinely listen to another person's opposing point of view without already thinking how I'm going to counter that point, is that ego? Yeah. We're not even listening to the person. When we're in a debate about it, 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 debate is such a terrible word because it already means you're on two opposing sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we're in a conversation and this other person is not saying what we want them to say, we're already and it may just be the two people and if that person's mind's made up and my mind's made up about how if, and, they're, and they're opposing, are we going to walk away with the other mind changed? No. no. So and a lot of times in, it's going to end in hurt feelings. It's just, a bad, it's just a battle of ego, isn't it? It, it? Is. It's it a is. battle. Well, I tell you what. I, and then later we think, well, what I should have said. I should have said this. Don't and that would, that? That would have <laughs> been the clincher. If I would have just said that, yeah. that would have the been the clincher. The best comebacks are when you're yeah. taking your shower that George, night or something. George Costanza. <laughs> drive ego back, says. Fly, fly, yeah. back to, fly back to New York to put a zinger right. and get the right word in. Oh, my goodness. Or 12, whoever that is. You. I thought I just did 11. If I if I work a job I hate, to buy things, you can tell we're really together. Yeah. Or somebody. If I work a job I hate, to buy things I can't afford, to impress people I don't even like or know, is that ego? Or is that yes. just stupidity? That's what I was thinking. But don't we do a it? A plain and simple guide to being miserable for yeah. your life. But that's why. But, yes. but ego makes us do that. Mm-hmm. Because, again, in our possessions, our identity is in the car we drive, in the house we live in, what is that? in the clothes we wear. Right. What is that post that goes around that's like, I have to take out a loan to go to school to get a job that I don't want to buy a car to drive back and forth to the job that I hate so that I can buy a house that I don't want to live in. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Because and why? it's a never-ending Because ending ego cycle. says this is the persona you must put forward. Right. Now, so I'm not going to do if, another one. <laughs> if I think my way of doing things is the only right way to do them, is that my ego? Why I'm, did I get this one? I'm just going to give that a we yes. We worked that out I'm before. I'm just going to give that a yes. Because you know, some people call that having good leadership skills. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> thing is the only right way to do things. And I've tried. It's been a big challenge in my journey of ego to let others contribute and yes. really amazingly find out they have some really good contributions to make. Yeah. If my mind's not, if I won't just say my ray is the only way that this can I be done. I joke you know, about it. I, I, said, yeah, I think I said last week, if the only tool in my box is a hammer, every job looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I, and I've struggled with that with Steve and I because I'm very much one of those 
no, if I'm going to do it, you're going to let me do it and you're going <laughs> to back off and I'm going to, and I've had to start allowing right. him. Yeah. So if I think that if I missed a day and didn't show up to make my contribution to life, everything I'm involved in would fall apart. Is that ego? That's super ego. That's ego. That's narcissism. That's bordering. But aren't we all a little bit like that? And yes. I really uh, they am ne- with they my need, job. They need me down there. That if I don't come down there and show up and d- make my con, it'll just go to pieces. And I will probably hate every step of the way going down there. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. yeah but I, I've got to do it. Right. It's, my, it's my part. If I think I'm smarter than most of the people I know, is that ego? Maybe now, you let, just need better friends. No, listen, let's just be honest. We Don't we all think we're better drivers than everybody else out there on the road? Yes. Well, yeah, that absolutely. Idiot, that idiot That's just because I me, am. Yeah, that idiot just <laughs> ran me off the road. That's, uh, look, look at that idiot. Look at that. Uh, look at that. They can't even, they don't, where'd they get their driver's license? We do all the same things. Yes. We just ran a car off the road three <laughs> miles back. But that was excusable. Right. That was excusable. If I feel compelled to criticize and judge the appearance and action of others based on what I think is proper and acceptable, is that my ego? Yeah, because ego, we have to criticize others to keep ourselves elevated. Right. That's a force of ego. You must, ego says you must feed me, elevate me. You must elevate me. something that I learned, and I really didn't associate it with ego when I first learned it, but it really fits in well here. A woman wrote a thing, and she said, you have two thoughts with anything that you see. Your first thought is your programming, which would be your ego. Right. And your second thought is your real self. That's who you truly are. She said, when you see the old lady in Walmart with the bright red lipstick and the bright blue (laughs) eyeshadow, your first instinct is, oh, my goodness. But she said, then your second thought is, you know what? Rock it. If that's what makes you happy. And she said, we need to feed that second voice. We need to stop because we feel we just have to Mm -hmm. criticize. So if I'm a control freak, is that ego? Yeah, that's a symptom of ego. That it must, I must be there. I must make this go on. If I feel like if I leave the organization, it will fail and cease to exist. Is that ego? Yes. I mean, I've been that way as a pastor. I've been, if I leave this church, that, you know, it's, what, what will they gonna, ever do? What are they going to? And mm-hmm. you know what? They're, all of those churches are still going. Yeah. If I think I'm just too important and successful to die, is that my ego? Well, I know people. I'm going to be honest with you. I know people that think that their contribution is just so great, God can't let them die. Hmm. <laughs> well, with that over-exaggerated estimation of importance... We will close this segment, regroup, and be right back with our final segment and conclusion on the topic of ego. Welcome back, listeners, to episode 34 of God Beyond the Bible by Seekers and Force Seekers. Today's topic is ego. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the topic. And let me say, please just ignore the thunder that you hear in the background. Mm-hmm. And the girls were arguing with me in the break and said, I didn't do two, two in a row. So I'm going to have to listen to this episode Friday when it comes out and see because my ego tells me I'm right. Is it your ego? Okay. Welcome back to ego. In segment one, we tried to define ego in layman terms. In segment two, we asked a lot of ego questions. 
And in this segment, we would like to just talk about the ill effects that ego has on our lives and the benefits of recognizing when we say or do things to serve and defend our ego. Some philosophers and psychologists claim that our ego is a part of us that is based on self-preservation. What does that mean? Well, they say we have to have an ego to defend self. It defends our, I, I don't know. I our, don't really understand. Well, kind of like you, when you feel threatened, yeah. you lash out. Yeah, 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 that's, that's it. You know, it's a defense. It's a defense but, mechanism. But the ego, but when we're defending ego, it's constant. We're just in, on constant mm -hmm. defense right. when it's ego. And I, and I guess that's what it is. Uh, what do you think are some of the damaging effects of living a life serving our ego? Emptiness. I think it can take all the fun out of life. Yeah. I mean, we just, you know. again, we, we don't even know where our identity is. No. Because no. our identity is a false identity that really doesn't exist. It only exists in our minds, in other people's minds. Uh, well, and you know, with ego, it's anyway. kind of, it's like a hungry monster and you're never going to fully, it's never going to be well, killed. And for me, I've spent so much time in the last several months as we've started this journey. And like dad said, we have barely scratched the surface of ego and what it is. But realizing and starting to wonder if that's behind a lot of our mental illnesses that we're dealing mm -hmm. with. Because I know in my own, as someone who suffers from anxiety, that a lot of that has come from my own and I ego. Think, and I think this podcast, I was thinking the other day, this podcast has contributed to ego to help me with my ego. Mm -hmm. Because there are people that send us stuff that they just absolutely disagree with us. Just uh -huh. absolutely, you mm -hmm. are just wrong. You are, and, I, and, and totally, again... He, he had a deal. He said a practice in ego is let someone criticize you and don't say a word. Right. Don't well, you know, respond. And even in your mind, don't respond. Just don't say a word. Don't let someone criticize you and tell you you're wrong. And when you know you're right, and just let it go. Well, and one of the things that I've, I've really been trying to do is I have people that try to draw me out. They try to debate with me. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I've gotten to where I try for the most part, don't always, but say – it's okay. You can you can believe that. That's all right. Yeah. And, I you, don't, and, you and, and I'm not saying you're wrong or you oh, do. You oh, get I was going to say, opinion. you're not like one guy I know. If you want to be wrong, just go <laughs> ahead and believe that way. Well, <laughs> so some say that most, if not all, of our anger, bitterness, and envy is a result of our false self-image or ego being challenged. What do you think? Well, yeah. Ego's where we go. That's where we get angry. Mm -hmm. That's where we're jealous. That's, that's where we're bitter is because that person doesn't deserve. I deserve what they have. Mm -hmm. I'm the person, I've worked harder, I've done better, I've devoted my life to this, and that person gets the book deal. Right. That person gets the movie t deal. That person gets the promotion at the job. Mm -hmm. And I, what is it? That's pure, because my status hasn't changed at all, has it? No. No. <laughs> is it me? Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's important to acknowledge and challenge our own ego? I mean, what are the benefits of bringing the ego into check in our lives? Why? Peace. Well, I think we've already asked this question. Yeah, and a it's like self-discovery. You really get to start learning who you, you are. You start figuring out who you are and and what. It's just it's quite a journey, I'll tell you. Okay, someone wrote or said that our ego and its driving desire to be in control will cause us to subconsciously manipulate people and circumstances to try to get the <laughs> outcome we desire. Y'all agree? Uh, well, of course we do. Of course <laughs> it's true. And we're always trying to control circumstances. We even start controlling people before we'll tell people what we're really about to ask them we'll do a setup yeah mm -hmm. now i just want you guys to know 
that this and we'll go with this whole production and people are thinking are you going to get to the point of what you're mm. but we do why do we do that setup to, to butter get, you up well to get the the desired outcome that's right mm-hmm. and I, I this was one i didn't even realize that i did and to the extent that i did it oh we did i we thought did it was a good thing i thought i was reading people no, but i no, was manipulating manipulating people yes. and, and no one likes to be manipulated no Least uh, of all me. That's I the whole thing. And, and sometimes even to the point of, oh, we've already laid a foundation that when I say what I'm about to say, if you don't agree with me, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or you're just wrong. I mean, uh, anyway. Well, how has your life been improved by learning to rein in your ego? Well, my, personally, I can just say in my personal life that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being more true to myself mm-hmm. of, of who I really am. And I don't have to have other people's confirmation i don't have to say do you think i'm doing good how am i doing good how was that right. sermon today was that sermon really good what do you think about that sermon was that a good sermon did you think that was a good <laughs> sermon what, you know we had four more people here yeah, today than yeah. we i don't need I, it doesn't change who i am whether i have someone's approval or disapproval right okay uh, can one really conquer ego once and for all not in this life no I think there are people who are a lot closer to me yeah. than, you know, a lot farther along the road than me. Well, sure. But I, I don't know that you can ever fully conquer it. Why do you think it is that almost every other religion teaches its pupils to recognize and bring ego into check, into check with the exception of Christianity, where you seldom hear the topic discussed and possibly they even promote ego? Uh, yeah, I think that that's one of the faults. I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give a little kudo here because I think later I was where I was going to mention it. Uh, but especially in the Protestant movement, mm-hmm. uh, did you know that a lot of times the like the Tibetan monks, those people go there and they take the vows of silence and all, and that is really conquering their ego. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, even the Catholic Church has always understood. I think. I, if I'm if I'm perceiving this right, some of you, my Catholic friends could probably mm-hmm. tell me. But the people who go into that and the monks that go through the vows of silence, they go and they do without it. it I think that's co- to conquer their ego. And my amazing thing is, how have we lost that in the Protestant Church? Well, or have we ever had it? I don't, I don't think we've ever had it. I mean, I really don't. Because, you know, even if you look at when we, I was talking about this earlier, in the Western world, when we brought Christianity here, it really wasn't. Jesus that we brought. We brought the Church of England and the, yeah, are. you know, all it these other things that we came and out of. And we really have this tendency to, to, we're a society, particularly here in America, we are a society of excess. Yeah. And we bring that into our sort of, if you're being blessed, you have lots sort of mentality. Um, Number nine at the bottom of the page. After being baptized, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness, meditating, praying, and fasting. Some say that in this period, he conquered ego, and that to perform the task he had before him, he had to have zero ego, because as because as God, if he had given into ego, he would not have been able to take the taunts, abuse, and questions of his power and ability without reacting in anger and judgment. So what do y'all think? I think he had zero ego. You couldn't be God and let people spit on you. You couldn't be God, could you, and let people say, he's not the most, he's Joseph and Mary's boy. When we it would literally him. only take a thought to turn them into dust yeah, in front because, of you. Because if ego just slipped out. Mm-hmm. But do you know that some people actually present God as egotistical? Yes. Have you ever thought of that? 
I have very Some much. people serve a very egotistic, you will have no other gods before me. I must be, I must have your full attention and all of your full. Now, think about that for a moment. And what if we're presenting. You, and if you hurt my ego, yeah. then I will squish you. I will destroy you. I, I have a question, and okay. this may send us down a road. Okay. Um, you know, we're always taught that Jesus was able to handle all of these things because he had no sin nature. Yeah. Was that sin nature possibly ego? Ego? Yeah. I yeah think, because all I think of our sins technically come, come from, from ego. ego. I think it goes back to Adam and Eve. Uh-huh. When the tree, whatever the tree did, they were represented with a the ability to have a false self-image of themselves. Mm -hmm. They needed clothes then. Well, many yeah, they people would be they, needed, exactly. they needed clothing then because suddenly they have ego, this part of their many people this believe destructive part that of their lives. That the key is in the name of the tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that it gave them the knowledge that they could label things as either good or bad, and that right. that's what started it because ego wants to label everything. This is a good thing that happened. This is a bad thing yeah. that happened. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my things I'm going through in life. We, d we have to put a label. We have to categorize anything then before we can approach it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can't just be one of the things that might happen. Right. Okay, but that's a whole other deal. Uh, do you find irony in the fact that most other religions who do not necessarily acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah or the Son of God almost without exception use him as the best example of a person who conquered ego well it fascinates me especially in things like you know we associate a lot of times in the west conquering the ego with buddhism and they actually believe that jesus reached buddhahood and by the way and it. by the way buddhism is not a religion it's anyway. not mm -mm. It's not really even a religion. You know, it's a false religion. It's not really. I mean, I've always misunderstood Buddhism. I'm not saying that I practice Buddhism. I'm just saying it, I've just really misjudged it. I'm a bit of a Buddhist, just by, I will admit. Just by what I've been told. Okay. Why do you think the importance of conquering the ego has been all but lost to the Protestant <laughs> Protestant Christian and I think movement, I kinda and we talked about, talked that. about that a while ago, and, and I say kudos to the Catholic Church in this, that their monks and stuff, they're, 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 I think they go through a process of, yeah. of, of, well, and can you really conquer ego and tell people that they're going to go to hell, or can you really conquer ego and not love someone or not like someone because they're homosexual, or, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing big, that out a, there. That's a big question, yeah, a big judge, just judge anybody. Right. Can you, I mean, because after, that's how Jesus could say, I came not to judge the right. world. If anyone was qualified to judge the world, wasn't Jesus he? Jesus had mm -hmm. the qualification. But yet he said, I, I'm not here to judge anybody. Right. That's pretty powerful stuff. So some will argue that combating ego is not a topic that the New Testament writers found necessary to teach on. And admittedly, they didn't have the word ego as it's a fairly modern term. But didn't they have the principle and concept within the words they used that are synonymous with ego? Phrases and words like foolish pride, pride of life, yeah. lust of the flesh, carnal-mindedness, love of the world, self, self-centeredness, selfishness, just to name a few. Yeah, I think the concept of ego was very clear to them. Mm -hmm. They just didn't have a single word right. to bring it out in. Anything else? I think that covers it. Well, it scratches the surface a little mm -hmm. bit. I personally must admit that I've struggled with ego most of my life. It's only been in the past year that I've really become aware of it. It is e especially easy 
uh, it is especially easy for people like myself who have served in leadership roles to overestimate our contribution and importance to other people and to God. When I began to realize how much energy, effort, and time it took out of my life to try to maintain this image of a person who had it all figured out and enjoyed all the benefits of doing everything right, it was depressing, mainly because I knew, and more importantly, God knew, that my life was far from perfect. And as far as having the answers, all I had, uh, all I had was the answers I'd been programmed to give. You know what I'm talking about. If you haven't used them yourself, someone has used these answers on you, the ones like, you know, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and the called according to his purposes. And I felt like I needed to say this to appear spiritual and to defend God. After all, where would God be if, if he didn't have me to represent him? That sarcasm there. When I realized that God doesn't need me to represent or defend him, and my false image of pious, overt acts only served to keep me from having a true and honest relationship with God, I discovered that he wants and accepts me just the way I really am, not the way I want others to perceive me. I am flawed. I have selfish ambition. I can easily judge others as less deserving of God's favor and blessing than myself. All of this is egotism, egotistical Christianity 101. Mm -hmm. The reality is more than a few of us may be flirting with becoming that narcissistic, self-elevating blowhard that we secretly despise and do everything we can to avoid. I'm not sure that any of us are able to completely conquer our ego as the Lord Jesus seemed to do, but each of us can make effort to improve, and we must start by acknowledging how much of our own life is ego-driven. All right, and with that said, until next time, fellow seekers, God's grace, peace, and love on you and your loved ones from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.